This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three friends, and we also work together, we talk coffee. So I'm Jenny, and I run all of the operations at a coffee company. I am Marcus, and I am a good food award-winning coffee roaster, and I can fix things in my sleep. And I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the month. I'm going to Mention the coffee company at Modest Coffee for 33 months running. Marcus and I are a little bit modest about <laughs> the coffee company, but Steph is not. I'll brag about it. Steph will brag about it all day, which is great. <laughs> so we announced last week on the podcast that we are doing a subscriber giveaway contest. And every week we're going to pick a different name. And this week's winner is Dominic. Woo! We're doing jazz hands, but this is a podcast so nobody can see it. <laughs> nice job, Dominic. Thanks, Dominic. We had other people who also subscribed and sent us pictures. And so those people, their names are still in the bucket. Every week we're just going to keep adding our names to the bucket and choosing a new winner. So if you want to be entered into our giveaway, send us a screenshot either through a direct message or an email at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. Or you can tag us on social media at nobadreviewspod. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. our giveaway. And if you're listening from the future, this may not be happening. So I will say we're going to run this at least through the end of March 2022. If you're after March 2022, maybe double check. Or, you know what? Just send us. We would love to see that you are subscribed to our podcast at any point in time in the future. Go ahead. Don't be shy. We also now have a Patreon. Woo! Woo! A couple of reasons why we decided to do this is, one, getting coffee every week gets a little expensive. So if you want to help us buy coffee, this is a great way for you to help support the show. We also have some really great fun ideas for bonus content, things that uh, don't really fit in with what we're doing on the podcast. We thought putting them out on Patreon would be a really great way to do it. Also, we want to do AMAs every month. We want to be able to connect with our listeners. And, uh, so a little live stream action. That, I think, would be really fun. So um, go ahead and head over to patreon.com slash nobadreviewspod to get more information and to... Sh- Show us some support. It would be awesome. I'm just letting you know right now that I have a fetish for cheap sunglasses. Oh, (laughs) you may get a pair of cool. Very cool. Very cool sunglasses for Marcus's birthday when you sign up at that highest year. Maybe my personal collection of awesome, ugly, uh, but beautiful um, cheap sunglasses. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe people would love to have used sunglasses. (laughs) No, I will buy them just for... The Patreons, because I buy them anyways. Are you going to try each one on before you send it? of course not. I mean, people could have a little bit of Marcus DNA to wear on their faces. (laughs) This is really opening up some ideas for (laughs) Patreon merchandise. (laughs) 
So that's the Patreon. Are we ready to introduce our coffee for the are we today? Gonna, are we going to do our clarification slash apology oh, yeah. first? We have a clarification from the Donut Wars episode. I feel really terrible about it. I fucked up a date. The Carlisle Group and Bain Capital purchased Dunkin' Donuts in 2005. Uh, the Bin Laden family separated from the Carlisle Group after an unfortunate incident in September of 2001. Then I confused myself later in the episode when I was asked to clarify. I got the dates wrong and gave the impression that Dunkin' Donuts was a terrorist organization owned by the Bin Laden family. <laughs> I apologize. To the best of our knowledge, Dunkin' Donuts is not now and has never been a terrorist organization. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that like donuts and ice cream were how the United States and the Middle East found peace with each other. Mm. And it turns out donuts and ice cream are just how rich white guys in America come together yes. and find peace. Yes. <sighs> Sorry about that. What are you going to do? Yeah. We all knew it was too good to be true. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, Krispy Kreme is still Nazis. So. <laughs> no clarification. Are we going to have to clarify there. that one next week? Too? <laughs> We're just going to call it time to make the clarifications. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Our new segment at the beginning of every episode. Uh, so anyway, sorry, Dunkin' Donuts. We, uh, if we misrepresented you, please don't sue us. I don't feel like we misrepresented the Carlisle group, just to be clear. Yeah, no, we didn't. I, I don't think Shafiq bin Laden is even in the top five most evil people associated with the Carlisle group. <laughs> we had one listener in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, shit. Did we? No. Yeah, I remember. Shout out to Shafiq bin Laden. Hey, Shafiq. <laughs> He's like Googling himself and came across our transcript. <laughs> He's like, hmm, let's listen to this. I feel like I hope can, you like the episode and keep listening. He can afford the top tier of Patreon. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. I know he wants a new pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Hand selected by me. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and introduce today's coffee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to introduce our coffee, Marcus? Yeah. We are really excited because this is a coffee that none of us wanted to, to really try. Um, and it's by a really well-known coffee brand called Jim Beam. <laughs> um, and it's their bourbon-flavored ground coffee. Like as we talked about in the very first episode, I am a recovering person and Steph uh, asked me how this would affect somebody who's in recovery. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I just, before we got started, um, I just wanted to touch on the fact that for me, this would not, this is not something that I would consider something that would cause a relapse or be considered a relapse or something that would trigger me, I think. I mean, who knows? <laughs> After so we brew it, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I won't put myself in any situation that I don't feel comfortable with, and I won't consume something that I don't feel comfortable with. I do know that there are people who are in recovery who this would make very uncomfortable. It does actually say that there is Jim Beam bourbon as a ingredient on this list. Maybe don't rush out and give that as a gift to somebody <laughs> for their You're like, sobriety. oh, you used to drink? Hey, look at this. This would be great for you. Um, I definitely you got felt... your five-year coin. Here's yeah. a bag of Jim Beam. <laughs> oh, man. I know you can't really celebrate with Jim Beam, but why don't you pretend? 
Well, I can say when I bought this, I felt like a complete alcoholic buying it at 8 a.m. And the lady behind like the, behind the cash register was like, oh, this seems fun. And I was like, yeah. You uh-huh. are drunk right now, aren't you? I, know. <laughs> I was like, yep, sure does. Um, we have 100% hand-picked specialty coffee. Hey, it's specialty coffee, according to them. Natural and artificial flavors and Jim Beam bourbon. Going back to our last episode when we're talking about flavoring with the real deal, mm-hmm. it sounds like Jim Beam doesn't fuck around. Now, I see in the bag it says since 17, Jim Beam, since 17... 95? 95. I am interested in hearing the Have history about this. Have they been roasting coffee since 1795 <laughs> too? Is that just something I'm just learning about this week? Or? I, I don't think they've been roasting coffee for quite that long. No. They've been roasting coffee though? No. Um, okay. We, the coffee really has this. nothing to do with the Jim Beam company <laughs> yeah. at all. At all. It's amazing that the signature is on there. I Jim Beam approved. Calling a foul I mean, on that. he he himself clearly signed this bag. I don't even think he's... James B. Beam. I it says right there. I think he died in like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Before this company was even. <laughs> this bag was even a concept. Yep, the 1800s was not correct. I already have a correction. <laughs> Time for the clarifications. Can we talk about bourbon? What? So corn is part of it. What makes bourbon bourbon? It's, it's got to be in Kentucky. It comes from the South. It's, it's America's pastime. <laughs> we also have a bottle of Jim Beam for uh, markets and stuff. If they need to a- up the ante <laughs> later on during the tasting. I do know. And well, it is sponsored wanna, by the Cubs. I don't want to take it, but I do know that Jim Beam is actually not an American company anymore. Can you please not ruin my entire history okay, of the sorry, company? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, Marcus, you know too much. You have to pretend like you know nothing. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Marcus knows no, too much. No, I already. I, is this I just where we have I to know kill him because the he other, knows too much? No, it's because the other bottle on the table that we drink is the same company. Suntory. Oh, that's interesting. No shit. Hmm. Um, no shit. Suntory and Jim Beam are the same company. Just I just. Do we have a stole all the thunder, didn't I? Fuck. Yes, that is the end of our podcast. Fuck. Shall we brew some coffee? Son of a bitch. They're <laughs> taking my line. Damn it. All right, Marcus is really right. excited about this episode. I am. I can tell. I'm actually really excited. He can't excited even wait to following. hear the story. So we decided to do Jim Beam. Yeah, we had talked about doing a, a special episode for Black History Month, but we uh, didn't have a lot of time to pull that together. Um, and after discussing it for a little while, we decided maybe we, um, as three ignorant white people, weren't quite ready three weeks into our podcast to do justice to a Black History Month episode. We did find some really great black coffee roasters and ordered some coffee, so there will be In the future coming. Yeah. So then we decided to do kind of the exact opposite and just choose a coffee that would be hilarious and focus on funny for this episode. It's all about the comedy. And somehow we landed on Jim Beam because that seemed funny. And it turned out to be an ironic twist based on the history that you're going to tell us. It did. I did not realize that Jim Beam dated all the way back to 1795. I was thinking later 1800s. Kentucky in 1795. 
So we're going to learn some Not black. Not the most hi- progressive. I just want to say, I think we're probably still going to learn some black history I, today. Yeah, we definitely are going to learn some okay. black history. Okay. I don't know. Mm. All right. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm still recovering from Donut Wars. My mind is still kind of blown, and I'm waiting for the pieces to come back together, Polly. Okay. So um, whiskey production at the turn of the 19th century, um, there's not a lot of paperwork. So there's a lot that we really don't know and probably never will know because people just didn't keep notes on their businesses in general, much less like contributions of black people. That was definitely not being written down. (laughs) Um, Historians and people who have like a history in the whiskey industry all seem to agree that it was black people who were making whiskey period at that time in our country. Um, And not just harvesting corn and rolling barrels, but they were the people with the knowledge of how to distill. Hmm. That's really interesting. Were they taught by the slave owners? There were some slaves that were brought up from the Caribbean who had experience in rum distilleries and were brought here specifically because of their experience in rum distilleries. Also... Wait, um, let me stop. I don't know anything. Is bourbon... Whiskey, rum, is that all the same thing? Rum is made from sugar cane. Okay. So that's completely separate. Um, Bourbon is a whiskey. It is specifically bourbon because it's at least 51% corn. Mm. Um, It is aged for a minimum of two years in new charred white oak barrels. And we're going to talk about Mm. the barrels because the barrels were really the birth of bourbon in those barrels. Um, it has to be bottled at no less than 80 proof, and it has to be produced in the U.S. Even though Kentucky seems to really do most of the bourbon production in the U.S., it can be called bourbon if it's produced anywhere in the U.S. Oh, okay. So that's bourbon. All right, so it's all enslaved people who are living in the United States. Some have been brought up from the Caribbean, and they have taught... So there were distilleries on the East Coast where... (laughs) Apparently, they would have, like, a couple Irish guys who they would, I mean, probably indentured servants. Oh, And sure. they would have whiskey experience. And then they'd get a crew of slaves, and the Irish guys would teach the black guys how to distill whiskey. I see. And then the owner, Andrew Jackson, or whatever former president or founding father <laughs> happened to be. Um, Washington. Yeah, Thanks, America. Would then have two products. He'd have whiskey, and he'd have a trained distiller who was suddenly much more valuable than the Mm. average Mm. slave. So if you had been trained as a distiller, you might suddenly find yourself on an auction block in Kentucky or Tennessee because you had this valuable skill and were worth a lot of money. Uh, If you're like a rich white guy in Kentucky and you want to open a distillery... The first thing you do is go buy a black guy who knows what the fuck he's doing because you don't know how to distill. So it really does seem like a lot of the distilling, a lot of the whiskey distilling was being done completely by black people. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The Jack Daniels story is actually really good. The Jack Daniels company was forced to admit that it was a slave named Nearest Green who was the founder of their company. He had the whiskey recipe. He knew how to distill it. It was all him. We are going to have to come back and do a Jack Daniels episode because I did notice that they had a whiskey coffee and it looked much classier than this one. (laughs) It looked much classier. 
I always like Tennessee whiskey. Hmm. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Come back. So, um, so yeah, unfortunately, the Jim Beam Company has not been forced to reckon hmm. with their past. Mm-hmm. Um as many distilleries have not. It seems like everyone in the whiskey industry knows that it was all slave labor, except the CEOs of whiskey companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they seem a little less aware that slavery was a thing that existed ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, of so, course. Why, why would they acknowledge it? There are a few distilleries who are acknowledging it because they discovered that it's a good way to market mm-hmm. to millennials. Yeah. So I don't know if that's better or worse, honestly. Oh, mm. I mean, the right people are being given recognition, finally. It just sucks that it's like a marketing scheme. I guess if it's marketing I'm, that comes with reparations, yeah, I, was just I would about feel to say better that. about that. As a millennial, I think I qualify to speak on behalf of all millennials. Any of the big companies that we have in this podcast, don't give them your money. <laughs> this is not an advertising podcast. This is us telling you why you should not go out and buy Please. it. It's an anti-advertising podcast. Right. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if you're feeling gross about what we're talking about and your consumption habits, maybe lean into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Nearest Green Whiskey. It is the original Tennessee whiskey, and it's now being produced... By black people under the name of the original black person who invented Jack Daniels. What was his I name? Love it. Nearest Green. I his think first that, name was Nearest. I think that his first name was Nathan, and Nearest was a nickname. Oh, I see. But I found his. I found three different versions of his name. So. Okay. So Nearest Green. Nearest Green whiskey. It's like it's a historian pe- who just like could not let it drop and had to find out this story, and she went and visited. The farm where the whiskey was first produced, and she wow. was going to make a movie, and then she was like, "You know what? A better way to tell the story is to make the whiskey." Wow! And Love it was it. a woman. Yeah, fucking badass. Yeah, love it. Yeah, That's her great. name is Fawn Weaver. Fawn and did Weaver. she go to MIT or Harvard? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know much more about her, but stay tuned for the Jack Daniels episode, guys. Yeah. We'll hear all about it and her, but here's so a little Kentucky, sneak peek. We got bourbon. Yeah. So Kentucky was um, kind of a weird place in 1800. It was a, it was a border state. Still mm-hmm. a weird place. Um, <laughs> it was unique, I guess I should say, in that um, there was slavery there, but the, it was... Um, Different than in the Deep South. Um, there were very few large plantations. There were a lot of people who didn't believe in slavery living in Kentucky. Because it was so close to the North, they really they saw the economic advantages and wanted to be more like the North. There were still plenty of slave owners. Um, I'm going to tell the history of the Jim Beam Company, but it is as written mm. by the Jim Beam Company. Oh, great. So we're going to take it all with a grain of salt. I think we'll notice that there are some missing pieces In 1740, the Beam family arrived in the United States from Germany. Um, It wasn't until the late 1700s that they moved to Kentucky. This is the manifest destiny portion of the story. Apparently, no one was living in Kentucky at all. Totally open land. Totally. Completely. So the government had incentives for people to move there, and that is why the Beam family moved to Kentucky. They're like, this land needs to be lived on. This land is our land. (laughs) (laughs) they moved there before kentucky was a state kentucky became a state in 1792 um jacob beam sold his first barrel of whiskey in 1795 he claims it was his grandfather's recipe Hmm. from germany oh really they're making whiskey in germany like 
couldn't find mm. much evidence of that. There were some monks making whiskey oh, in Germany sure. mm-hmm. in the late 1790s was the closest thing I could find. It's possible. It's possible that his grandfather had a recipe. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. monks were a thing. People... I mean, that's part of being a monk is being a grandfather. Yeah, you got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, so Jacob Beam, uh, he was a corn farmer, and he was using the extra corn to make whiskey. And he called it Old Jake Beam Sour Mash. That was the, the first barrel. Um, according to the history, Jacob Beam did this. Jacob Beam planted the field, harvested the field, All made himself. the whiskey. All himself. It's, One person. It's One person. One guy. One man show. Energy and strength of 10 black men. <laughs> He's quite a superhero. <sighs> but I mean, maybe, like maybe, maybe he did it all himself. Who can say? Who can say? In 1820, his son, David Beam, took over the company. At this point, it was really just being distributed locally. Um, There wasn't really a way to transport barrels, and bottling wasn't really a thing. So people would just bring their jug from home (laughs) to the distillery and fill it up, and that's how you sold whiskey. Um, He he made some improvements to the equipment, I guess is maybe a better term, and he renamed the company Old Tub after some of the equipment. Like a bathtub? It doesn't it conjure an image of like an old lady with like a bathtub full of liquor? Like, see, I I don't like old tub. I, I don't, don't like old tub either. I picture like a disgusting weathered wooden tub that's held together on the sides by metal bars and kind of leaks and is really <laughs> grimy because people have been using it for years. And there's like soap scum <laughs> with her lavender soap. With her, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, not a great name, I think. At this point in time, in the like mid 18, early to mid 1800s, um, whiskey production in this part of the country was really ramped up. I mean, this was it was a very popular thing to be doing. Um, As a result, they had barrel shortages. Hmm. So they started using old barrels that may have previously stored vinegar or fish. Ew, gross. Here is when whiskey turned into bourbon. Here's when the change happened. The way to get the odor and flavor out of the barrel was to burn the inside of the barrel. Oh, okay. When they poured this clear whiskey into the burnt barrels and aged it for a couple of years, it absorbed that, like, burnt wood Mm. color and flavor. And that is what makes bourbon bourbon mm. as Interesting. opposed to whiskey it's that that um amber color and the kind of caramely flavor interesting huh yeah Who so known? thank goodness for the uh barrel shortage i guess I or guess. we'd just be drinking plain old grain alcohol yeah <laughs> uh so in 1854 david beam relocated the company to nelson county kentucky i guess in nelson county the train line had finally been built so by moving the company they had access to a river, and they could put barrels on steamboats and send them down to New Orleans. Oh, okay. the Mississippi River? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Kentucky would have been the Ohio River, which then feeds into the Mississippi. Well, if Mississippi. she's talking about Thank taking you, it down to New Orleans, Thank then you. yeah, it would eventually go down to Mississippi. Um, and then also the trains would take it north. So again, like a huge ramp up in production. Um, in 1894... 
the grandson of the founder, James Beauregard Beam, took oh. over the company. Um, he expanded the company nationally. It was still called Old Tub. Yeah, I was just about to ask if it was still called Old Tub. It was still called Old Tub, and it continued to be incredibly successful up until 1920 when hmm. Prohibition hit. And, and things were really being made in old tubs. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so supposedly they completely stopped manufacturing this whiskey, although somehow they still... Supposedly. Yeah. Quote, right. unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Air quotes. They still held on to the same yeast for the next 13 oh, years. So like they were a, doing something with it. Hmm, like a sourdough starter, yes. just feeding it once a week? Yes, that's right. <laughs> just once per week, yeah. Not drinking yeah. it, just feeding it. Just feeding it. Nurturing it, just in case. Um, Jim Beauregard Beam tried a few other jobs during Prohibition. He tried coal mining and citrus farming. And you hear that and Wait, you kind of... as an owner or a right, worker? Right, right. I mean, because like here I'm thinking old tub guy. Right. Head of the old tub, going and picking citrus. I mm. kind of picture him with like the hat with the light on it, and like all smudged with coal yeah. on his face. <laughs> no, he just—I assume he just like bought a coal mine, yeah, and yeah. bought a citrus farm. That sounds and more. both failed. He was not good at any of this. He was just a bourbon <sighs> man, I guess. He was like seventy in 1933 when prohibition finally wow. ended, hmm. and he was like, "I'm bringing the company back." Nice. Oh shit! Luckily, he no longer had the rights to the old tub name. No? What happened? I, I think someone else just bought the name or he let the trademark Yeah, I was going to say the trademark might have paying for it. Yeah. He's not a good businessman, it seems. Mm. He's no uh, he's no Billy Rosenberg. He's no Billy Rosenberg. Few people are. Yeah. Few people are. All um, right. So he renamed the whiskey Colonel James B. Beam Bourbon. Hmm. That's not a mouthful. Colonel James B. Beam. Here is another missing part of the history. Colonel? Yeah. yeah, so we'll let's go backwards in time. So 30, 70, he's 19, 1860. He's too old to have been, or he's too too young to have fought in the Civil War. Yeah. I mean, it could be World War One. He could just also be self-important. I think well, that's probably the case. Colonel I think, Sanders, I mean, did he I know. fight in any war? I mean... <laughs> They're from Kentucky. Maybe he borrowed it. Maybe they were like neighbors. They're like, Colonel Sanders, fuck that guy. I'm Colonel, <laughs> Colonel Jim Beam. I think it's he probably, was an yeah. old colonel. I think it's probably just something that they these old white guys were from Kentucky were doing back in the day. They're like, I don't feel important enough. It's an honorary enough. title. <laughs> yeah. It's really... Maybe, maybe the governor was just handing out colonel titles left and right, like oh, the queen hands right. out knighthoods. Yeah. <laughs> Governor Mitch McConnell, because he was governor back in the 1890s. 18th, oh, you mean the 1930s? The 1930s. He was governor of Kentucky back then. <laughs> when he was a young man in his 40s. <laughs> uh, he's a vampire. Mm. Uh, good old Mitch. I picture vampires way hotter than Mitch McConnell. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the media has... Influenced me. Thanks, Anne Rice. You know, he's just had, <laughs> he's just had a rough 150 years. Just give the cut the guy a break. You know, see how you look after 150 years. Just get beaten down. Gosh. 
All right. Oh. All right. So Governor, <laughs> so Governor McConnell made, made Jim Beam an honorary, <laughs> an honorary <laughs> colonel, because that's how it works in Kentucky. I do think it's funny that the official company history is like he failed as a coal miner, he failed as a citrus farmer, but no, like he bravely served and was a colonel. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that they just like don't mention it at all is again something else that's telling about the history. Uh. Um, he he got it up and running. But then immediately retired, and his son took over in 1935. The first thing his son did, his son uh, T. Jeremiah Beam, immediately refounded the company, dropping Colonel from the name. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "My dad is a pretentious fuck. I'm getting rid of this. <laughs> like, that's not real." Yeah. <laughs> Day one on the job. Fix that. <laughs> really quick. Uh, T. Jeremiah turned it into the world's best-selling bourbon. Mm. Oh, it, snap. It was, I mean, every single son just grows this company more and more. Wow. In 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson declared it America's native spirit. Jim oh. That's a serious you know, endorsement. I have to say, I saw that when I was looking at um, like the bag. It, it does says, not say it on the it bag. Does. Still, it does. Says, it says, now imagine the taste of na- America's native spirit infused into the finest 100% Arabica coffee. I thought that maybe there was some Native American history in this company. Oh, uh, not that no. they're willing to talk about. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah's grandson... Frederick Booker No the second ended These up taking over. These are some fucking names. They really some are some real names. T. Jeremiah had a daughter who was obviously useless. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness she bore a son so that someone could no take shit. over the wait, company. No shit. Wait, wait, wait. It was the grandson who took over. Yes. It skipped over the daughter. Obviously. This is okay. Yeah. All right. That's bullshit. I mean, her job was to like look pretty mm-hmm. and marry well. Um, his contribution was small label, expensive. Specialty beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Knob Creek. Oh, yeah. Knob oh. Creek is a Jim Beam product. It's oh. like a high-end specialty extra age. Interesting. That's a good one. I've Jim seen Beam that product. at the store before. Yeah. yeah. Huh. In 1992, Frederick Booker No. III took over. Oh, he is so wait, this is like seventh generation. Wow. wow. Seventh generation. And supposedly, he's still master distiller. Even though the company was purchased uh, in 2014 by Suntory Holdings. Crazy. Do you want to guess how much they paid for it? $2.3 billion. $16 billion. I thought, now, so looking at the Suntory whiskey that you guys use to bring out the best flavor of coffee, it looks to me like a small craft brand of whiskey. But it's not. It's a giant whiskey. Suntory is is one of the largest manufacturers of alcohol in the world. Are they from Japan? They are. That's why I was dying a little bit when uh, I saw in the bag that they're still listed as America's native Ah. whiskey. It's it's still made in America. But it's owned by a Japanese company. I don't think you can still claim that anymore. I'm sorry. It's like Native American brand. Maybe you could do that, but I wouldn't say it's like, I don't know. I wouldn't classify it as like the American whiskey any longer. I would say the American whiskey brand. It is still American corn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where do, where is the line? Just some people in Japan are like collecting the checks, but it sounds like it's... Everything else is still kind and of the still same. distilled by the original Jim Beam guy. I don't know. No. 
That's no. his still distilled. I'm not yeah, saying no. no. I'm saying that's no. his last name is right. no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the last name is no. Right. But he's still like great, 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 great grandson. Yeah. Beam. So he's still running the company. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's still an American family just owned by a Japanese family. Right. It, now I feel like Suntory could definitely afford to pay us for advertising. <laughs> that's oh my gosh, that'd be great. Suntory was founded in 1899 in Osaka. It was like a little store that sold imported wines. Hmm. Huh. And then in 1923, they started distilling whiskey. They were Japan's first whiskey distillery. So was it no or was it the Japanese that decided to make Jim Beam coffee? This coffee is roasted by the White Coffee Corporation out of Long Island City, New York. There's a Wall Street Journal Journal article titled, it's likely your coffee was roasted at this New York company and talks about, like, if you have had coffee in New York City anytime recently, <laughs> it was probably the White Company. Hmm. They started out in 1939. The last name is White. That's yeah. where they got the name. Oh, David White started the company in 1939 selling food service coffees. Um, and that kind of was their specialty for, like, 70 years. They sold coffee to cafeterias and diners and hospitals. So it's probably utilitarian coffee. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Their first licensing agreement was 2009 with Kahlua. I can like see the bag, that yeah. Kahlua coffee bag. I, I can picture it, it. Future episode. By the way, like the third generation is now running the company and it's a woman named Carol. Oh. White is hey, running Carol. the company right now. And her two sons are vice presidents. So they're oh. fourth generation. So wow. this is a pretty longstanding company also. Do I, do, do I have reason to hate them? Not that I could find. Because I'm kind of like, go get it, Carol. Um, they have 13,000 coffee products. Could you imagine keeping track of that many SKUs? We have... <laughs> Like five. <laughs> like five. And that's too much to keep track of. Just what the fuck. If you look at their website, it is really geared towards like business owners. Nobody, Nobody's like buying a bag of coffee off their website. It's not even an option. Yeah. If you want 2,000 bags of coffee with like your picture on the bag and fried chicken and waffles flavoring on the coffee, <laughs> this is the company you call. They would be so happy to do that for you. Okay. <laughs> the best coffee is however you want your coffee is kind of the philosophy of this company. Um, they make like, they kind of like brag about making an extra bland coffee for hospitals. <laughs> You're killing people. They They're have. like the choose your own adventure of yeah. coffee. Yes, totally. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. They have about 105 workers, employees. That doesn't seem like a lot. So each employee has to keep track of like 1,300. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a that. fucking right. lot. Right. That is a lot. Right. Um, they do almost 20 million a year in sales. Oh, snap. There you go. They got the Jim Beam licensing in 2017, and the Jim Beam company has literally nothing to say about the coffee. Huh. If yeah. you look at the Jim Beam website, you can't even find a reference to wow. the coffee. It okay. may as well not even exist. Like slavery in 1800, <laughs> it may as well not even exist. So they're just getting a little percentage of the sales, and they're happy to cash that check. Yeah. In addition to Kahlua and Jim Beam, they do a Harry and David coffee, Entenmann's, Marvel, Emerald. Here's my favorite one. The Elvis Presley estate contacted oh, them. Wow. And said they wanted to sell a 
peanut butter and banana blend. Oh, oh, of course. That sounds horrible. I yeah. looked for it. It's future. no longer available. Oh, I, fuck. We're not drinking like, it next week. Future episode. <laughs> that would have been Man, a good we could have had an Elvis episode. Right. We could. Maybe they still have it at Graceland. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I couldn't It'll find it online. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Jonathan White lists flavors that they attempted oh, okay. that did not Ooh. go over well. Oh, do you have some? I have some. Okay, oh, what are they? Yeah. There was a lemon-flavored coffee. Uh, yeah, I can he, imagine terrible. It tasted like Pledge, he said. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the marketing arm of white coffee. Oh, I like, feel like Pledge. Like Pledge, Pledge yeah. should have had their, like, they should have owned that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pledge <laughs> brand coffee. <laughs> oh, uh, the other one he mentions is jalapeno. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Remember that time we did a spicy coffee? It did not work It out. did not mm. work. We tried just, to do a spiced coffee. A spicy coffee. Yeah. Call it the stomach grecker. Oh, gross. Yeah. Lesson learned. Bad idea. Mm. Well, with 13,000 Pethy wants to contribute to our podcast. We will never run out of content. (laughs) So this has just become the White Coffee Company (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Thank you for all of your creative ideas. That's all I've got. That was great. Thank you, Steph. That was so interesting, that history. Thank you. Wow. Well, shall we brew some coffee? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip-pip cheerio! All right, so olfactory reveal of the Jim Beam coffee. Let's find out. Is this going to ruin 18 years of sobriety? Uh, uh, (laughs) I mean, it could smell worse. I don't know what whiskey smells like. I wasn't really getting a strong alcohol odor. I mean, aroma. Mm, There's something. It smells a little like furniture polish. Pledge. That's what this is reminding me of. Mm. No, I know what this is. This is This is like that... um, Cherry almond extract. Oh, almond extract. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like how your friend in our Facebook group shout out made a joke about it not being barrel aged. I mean, they really kind of missed an opportunity to have coffee aged in a Jim Beam barrel, but Jim Beam flavored. Yeah. I feel like that would affect the price point too much if they had the aged. Oh yeah, twenty dollars a bag. I am getting cherry. You're right. That cherry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cherry lollipop. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, my God. It just kind of gave me a little bit of a, a lurch in my stomach when I just took yeah. that last scent, or the last sniff. It's not hot enough, in my opinion. It doesn't have enough of an alcohol like scent to it. So. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys would like more alcohol. Yeah. We, we can have, make it happen. We're going to prep our palates. We have a bottle of Jim Beam whiskey to be the, the stand-in for the Suntory whiskey that you guys would normally try. Mm-hmm. We're going to get our palates prepped to make sure that we are comparing it against the real thing. We're doing this for you. It's 10 o'clock on a Sunday. We're we're doing this for you, the listeners. I'm going to get wasted. Oh, can you do a side-by-side smell comparison, Marcus, of real Jim Beam, like Jim Beam alcohol to Jim Beam coffee? Yeah. That's what we need. This is the first episode where we're pouring the whiskey before the coffee is even brewed. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like... I mean, completely different. <laughs> <laughs> the the whiskey smells more like whiskey than the coffee. Yeah, and the Jim Beam whiskey has got um, it's got a sweet smell to it, and then this is just now that I've said like the cherry and the almond, like it's all I can smell. 
But this whiskey is not great either, from what I remember. Yeah, I so yeah, it's I haven't harsh. tasted it yet today, but I I'm a fan of Scotch whiskey personally. I don't think it's meant for sipping. You got to get the Knob Creek for that. Yeah. Oh boy, oh, it's gotta. It doesn't taste good, but it feels good. Yeah, feels good. Does it? Yeah. Just fills. Yeah. <laughs> fills. I mean, maybe because I'm an alcoholic, but it feels good to be drinking this bourbon at 10 a.m. You know, 11:44. It's almost. It's almost it's noon. Almost noon, which Cheers. means you're not an alcoholic. Um, it's, it's noon somewhere. There you go. Well, you guys are reaffirming. Oh. My Ugh. commitment it to burns. sobriety. It, it tastes like cleaning product. <laughs> it's really God. not good, but it. Yeah, it's um. What's your no bad review though? What is oh. your no bad review? Um, of the whiskey itself. I love how it feels like it's cleaning my inside. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that feeling. I feel like a flush of warmth. Nice. It's just really on a cold um, winter's day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's nice. This would be good in my hot toddies. I'm. I'm a fan of hot toddies in February in Chicago. Yeah, this that's is true. Great, lemon, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Good. could definitely do that. Although I'd be afraid of heating this up too much because I feel like it would, like, for sure, become explosive. Catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Molotov what cocktails. Is the proof on we this? want to. Um, oh, what is the proof? Don't look. That is part. That is like one I of do. the rules for bourbon. Well, it has to be a certain proof when it goes into the bottle. You just said it. Can it's, I? Can I answer? Yeah. Me. Me. Yes. 80%. Woo! I wow. mean, 80 proof. 80 proof, which there is go. 40%. Good job. I almost said 160%, but that's not right. <laughs> 80 Jenny proof. is correct. It is 40% Woo! alcohol Woo! by volume. I remembered that from earlier. Good when job, you Jenny. said that begin- in the beginning, quiz me on anything. I'll get them all right. Thank you for paying attention. I'm an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> While we're waiting for the coffee to brew, there's a, there's a cute little story about aging the bourbon that... Um, the bourbon gets put into the charred oak barrels and it gets put up somewhere for a minimum of two years. But while the whiskey is sitting up there uh, in the barrels, a lot of it evaporates, like a yeah. significant portion hmm. of the it. The angel's share. Yes, I love that name. Yes. Isn't that cute? Yes, it is. Doesn't it make you think that Evan is going to be they so call it, fun? Oh, they yeah. call it the angel's share? <laughs> the angel's share is Aww, what evaporates. That I is so that cute. And then the... If there is a heaven, Now, question <laughs> for you. Do you know what's called uh, the alcohol that gets absorbed by the wood? Ooh. Do you know what that's called? I don't. That's called the devil's cut. I was just really? about to say something yep. with the devil, I'm yeah. sure. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I want the devil's cut. It looks like our <laughs> coffee is ready. My first impression when I was pouring it is it looked pretty thick and dark. Very dark. Like, I had muscles in my face just twitch now that I've not had twitch in a while. Good. So. I mean, that's how you get rid of wrinkles. That's, <laughs> it's like natural Botox. Right. You look great. That's I might have like... beer goggles or whatever. Hey, Marcus. <laughs> oh, good. It might be the Jim Beam talking, but you're looking pretty fine. <laughs> so I'm about to take it my first sip. If I didn't know it was supposed to be whiskey flavored, mm. I would never guess that from the smell. Yeah. Oh, your face. You must love it. Tell us all about <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all about what you're experiencing your, right now. Your <laughs> nostrils are flared feel like, out so I much. Feel, you know, it, it tastes like I just took a sip of almond extract. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why? Why yeah. do they think that almond is going to taste like Jim Beam? Why is that what's in there? I do know that almond extract is the same thing as cherry flavor. Mm-hmm. And right. so um, the only thing I could think of is like their cherry's kind of sweet and almond's kind of woody. 
And so mm. maybe like Woody and Sweet is gonna is is like the closest thing they could do you to Jim Beam. My favorite is maraschino cherries. Mm. I love a good maraschino cherry. Me too. I know it's giving me cancer every time I eat one, but I, could I don't eat, even care. I could eat the whole jar. Me too. Love them. Mm. All right, I'm going to go in. I, you know, I think I'm going to go in for the sugar and mm. leading oat beverage. We're going to see. Can we make this coffee <laughs> taste like a maraschino <laughs> cherry? In the spirit of no bad reviews, I do like how there's not a bit like overly bitter aftertaste. It's like not super duper dark. I would not agree with that. No? You know, it is possible that the Jim Beam primer that I just had like burned that off of my palate. So I'll trust you. The sugar does help make it a little more maraschino cherry. Like I still don't understand. I don't understand why it tastes like cherries. That is not... What Jim Beam tastes like. Right. Well, with cream and sugar, it tastes like New York cherry ice cream. That's what that's what I'm comparing it to. Hmm. And New York cherry ice cream mixed with... It's like a New York cherry coffee frappe now. Interesting. Which is kind of a weird combination. So I, I don't want to be contrarian, but I'm like three or four sips in. I'm almost halfway done with my cup. And I'm like, you know, I could probably do this black. I don't think I need anything else to like get it to the point where I could... Where it's not not bad. I'm not having a problem with this either. Honestly, I'm surprised that it's um, bothering me so. But looking at Jenny's face, okay. So I think how what we figured out for Jim Beam (laughs) coffee is you just need to drink some straight Jim Beam first, and then you're gonna love it. (laughs) By comparison, anything that follows is gonna be good. You guys are gonna love it. But if you're a person who's not doesn't happen to have a bottle of Jim Beam, you better have some cream and sugar. Because you're going to need it. Maybe we should get some saltines, clear our palate, and then try it again. I think what I would like to see is you guys add some Jim Beam to the Jim Beam coffee and see how that tastes. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm here for. I'm willing to do that because I would like this coffee to actually taste like whiskey, which it does not (laughs) at all. Right, right. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's do it. And I'm going to add, I'm going to say that this tastes great with... Uh, okay, let me back that up. This tastes, I can give this coffee a no bad review if you add cream and sugar or leading oat beverage. And now it tastes like a, an, like a maraschino cherry coffee frappe. And I'm going to add some whipped cream because I like my frappes with whipped cream. Ooh. Okay, here's what I think about I'm- adding Jim Beam to the coffee. It makes both the Jim Beam and the coffee better. Oh, good. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. If you are an alcoholic in recovery, you probably don't need to be worried about being triggered by this coffee. Oh, yeah, no. Because it tastes nothing like There's Jim no. Beam. If yeah. you're a cherry addict in recovery, <laughs> you might want to stay away from it. Yeah, I would say this is safe for anybody, although having it in the house may be a trigger. But mm. What do you think, Marcus? What did you do? Whiskey, cream, sugar? Is I that what you did? Whiskey, cream, sugar, and I, I don't... I... Mm, it's um, tastes like burning. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe it's a little too much Jim Beam. Oh, <laughs> I wish I Maybe. had faces. I wish I had taken pictures of faces. Mm, it just... Both of you have had excellent faces during this tasting. Yeah, just uh, hold that face for a second. It's not going anywhere. How long can you do that with your eyebrows? Mm. <laughs> it's like all those muscle twitches Oof. that are. Oh, it's like every time. Gosh, I feel like you're in pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a great pain photo. Mm. Um, whew. So, 
Yeah, I think I like the my. All right, so my vote here is black. That was my favorite out of all of them. Yeah. But I would say though, you have to say that you had Jim Beam, Jim Beam first, first and then, then black. black. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So who is this coffee for, guys? I would say that this coffee is best for somebody who's just had a full night of partying, maybe hasn't even slept yet, and is ready to go to work and get started on their day. I would agree that this coffee is for someone who is already drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the whipped cream. Can I have that spoon? I just want to spoon the whipped cream into my mouth. I'm going to add some whipped cream because it just looks so fun. Well, that was a great episode. Thank you for your research, Steph. It's always appreciated, and I always love a good Steph story. Aw, thanks, Jenny. Um, thanks for buying the whiskey. Yeah, of course. I'm looking forward to next week. What are we doing next week? Next week will be Mardi Gras coffee. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be trying Cafe du Monde, uh, chicory infused coffee so will you be making beignets punchkis we're gonna have punchkis and we'll have to talk about the whole like polish chicago mardi gras mm-hmm. Pulaski yeah day. yeah are any of us polish yeah Marcus. me oh, i'm half great. polish great. Marcus is polish yeah. i grew up near a polish neighborhood we all did because yeah. it's chicago land <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the greatest concentration of polish people outside of warsaw Interesting. Wow. Um, so anyways, yeah, this was a great episode. Um, we have a Patreon now, as we mentioned at the top of the episode. So go check us out at patreon.com slash novadreviewspod. Also, just to remind you, send us a screenshot of you subscribing to our podcast and you will be entered into a giveaway for a bag of modest coffee. And Gen- make sure that you like, share, and subscribe on all of the social media platforms. No, no, no. Well, yeah, on the social media platform. <laughs> don't do that. No, don't. Yeah. No, don't like us on social media. Right. Like us on... In your heart. Let's start that over. Like us on social media, but you want to like, review, rate, do all the things that you can to support us on your favorite podcasting app. Yes. Or on all the major ones. And please tell your friends. Oh, yeah. Please tell your friends. If you have enjoyed this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you went and told somebody else about us that would be really great that's how we share what we're doing with other people is by you sharing it with other people we're going right to the top we're going right up we got joe rogan in our sights he's yeah. like he's like do you want us close he's like it's close and you guys can't see but it's like it's like an inch away from us and we're just like just need a couple more subscribers and we'll just like overtake them. <laughs> do you guys want joe rogan to win or do you want us to win that's right right come on yeah. come on yeah we're so close. So close. So anyways, and then if you see a questionable coffee out in the wild, please take a picture of it and tag us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. And if you have anything you want to say about this podcast, do you think we said something that needs to be clarified even? We'll or take corrected. It, or corrected. We will, we'll take it. We'll take it. Let us know. Hello at NoBadReviewsPodcast.com. You or you it. can just email us and say how much you love us. We love to hear that too. And stuff. I'm so wasted, you guys.
Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.